You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. You have episode three, The Power of Quitting. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. Before we get started, I want to invite you to leave a review for this podcast on iTunes. This is a brand new show, and it's so important and helpful in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help me spread the word by leaving an iTunes review so more people have a chance of finding this podcast? Thank you so much for listening and for your support. Today's podcast is all about quitting social media. Well, actually, it's not really (laughs) about quitting social media. On a deeper level, it is about removing the addictions, habits, or influences in your life that hold you back. We all have something. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship with food, caffeine, or TV, or your phone, or even a specific relationship. I want to talk to you about the power of identifying the negative influence in your life and uprooting it. I'm going to share my own experience in doing this with social media and give some key takeaways on the power of quitting. The last several months, I have been deeply immersed in writing my book. My book is titled Living in Your True Identity. And one of the major themes of the book is the idea that we all have two identities. One is true and one is false. In the field of psychology, our false identity is often referred to as the ego. In scripture, our false identity is referred to as the natural man or the flesh. There really is opposition in all things. You have two identities, the true you and the false you, both in opposition to one another. In my book, I give a detailed description of what the false identity looks like and feels like and how to know when you're living your life in the false self. I provide several tools for clearing it away so you can live in your true identity. One of the most powerful triggers for this false identity is comparison. The false identity thrives on the belief that you are not enough. As I have come to understand the false identity on a really deep level, I have become very intentional about creating my life to support the belief that I am enough. To do this, I need to bring in influences that help teach me this truth. And also, I need to weed out influences that teach me the opposite. As you may guess, social media is a massive trigger for me. And maybe it is for you too. It's a trigger for me in being exposed to the comparative mindset that feeds the false belief of not being enough. Last fall, Cal Newport, who's one of my favorite authors, he asked for volunteers to participate in a 31-day study of quitting social media and all optional internet use for the entire month of January 2018. He's currently writing a new book on the topic of digital minimalism and is also well known for his TEDx talk called Quit Social Media. And I will link to that in the show notes. It's a really great talk. I love extreme experiments like this. And because it also coincided perfectly with the timing of writing my book, I felt that participating would be a really wonderful gift to myself to help me focus, to provide clarity and creativity and inspiration. 
So I immediately signed up and I was so excited about starting this that I started a whole week early. (laughs) So for 31 days, participants were asked to abstain from social media and any other optional web use. Now, the word optional is really tempting to redefine within his limited instructions. I began to have thoughts like, isn't it really important that I continue growing my online following for my business? I can't just disappear for a month, can I? That's not optional. What if people forget about me? What if I miss out on something important? How am I supposed to stay connected to all my family or my friends? Yet, the extremity of the study is what attracted me to it. So I threw caution to the wind and I went all in. I chose to access my email once a day and allow my routine online shopping purchases for groceries and necessities. Otherwise, everything else was classified as optional and therefore I opted out. To begin with, I deleted all the social media apps from my phone as well as any other app that could be a default time waster for me. This included my email app, the Amazon shopping cart app, Pinterest app, and any other app that made browsing on my phone an easy pastime. Now, to be honest, the first few days were surprisingly hard. My addictive habits were suddenly revealed in striking clarity. (laughs) Moments that I was waiting in line, moments between activities, moments of boredom, moments that I just ached to check in on my favorite people, moments that I wanted an escape, moments that I just wanted to look something up, moments that I just needed some type of diversion. I'd find myself reaching for my phone and then remember, oh yeah, everything is gone. I'm not going to be able to fulfill this craving right now or later. So as time wore on, these detox symptoms wore off and I began to forget about my phone. My behavior adapted to my new circumstances. And just as I hoped, my focus and creativity skyrocketed. I would sit for a writing session and 60 to 90 minutes would pass before I'd even look at the clock. Without that conditioning of always checking my phone every 15 minutes throughout the day, the impulse had actually disappeared and I could actually get some good work done. I found myself interacting more intentionally with my kids and by and large, my life felt far less rushed and far less distracting. My mind finally had space to think. Ideas would surface in quiet moments that I was driving or I was doing housework. I would go to bed with a clear and quiet mind because I was spending my evenings reading a book rather than watching Netflix. I even resurrected some neglected hobbies from the past, like playing the piano and sewing and quilting. Creativity and focus were two things that were high on my list of hoped for results. I expected those traits to blossom. What I did not expect were all the other benefits that I discovered. First, I spent far less money during this experiment, simply from not being exposed to Instagram and blogs. It's harder to realize that you're being sold to when the messaging is delivered from real people that you admire and that you follow. I I think it's a lot easier with commercials or sidebar ads or pop-ups to recognize that that is advertising. But I tell you, when my favorite influencer posts about the latest item that 
she received that completely changed her life, <laughs> you can guarantee that I'm going to click on it and I'm seriously going to deliberate on whether I want my life to magically change too. Second thing that I noticed was my confidence increased. Without the daily exposure to an environment that seduces to comparison, I find I found myself far more content and satisfied with my own life. Now, I have long advocated for curating your social media feed to only follow inspiring people. I talk about this in my Digital Detox online course about creating the environment that is going to be positive and uplifting, unfollowing anyone that triggers thoughts that, of comparison or that makes you feel less than enough. And this tweak alone can dramatically improve your experience. And I have practiced this standard relentlessly for many years. Imagine though my surprise that stepping away from my quote unquote curated and inspirational feed still had a noticeable positive effect upon my identity. Even if you surround yourself by inspiring people who are all contributing, encouraging content, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. You can't spend all day observing a crowd of overachievers without measuring your own worth at some point. Giving myself the gift of some space allowed me time to reconnect with who I am without judging myself against the greatness of someone else. Stepping away for 31 days provided clarity I didn't even know I was missing. It's like someone cleaned the fishbowl. Or better yet, it's sort of like I climbed right out of the fishbowl itself. And so standing now from the outside looking in, I could see there is so much more the world has to offer on the other side of the glass. My identity wasn't influenced anymore by all the other fish. And I didn't see myself in a distorted convex reflection from the side of the bowl. Well, today it's been several months now since the study. So what has happened since? Truth be told, when February 1st came, I got back on to see what I had missed out on when I had been gone. <laughs> After having been away for five weeks, I really anticipated how rewarding it was going to feel to reconnect. To my actual surprise, that is the opposite of what I felt. I was amazed to see that I really hadn't missed anything important. And it absolutely did not fulfill me like I had conditioned myself to believe for so long. It felt sort of like I'd been fasting for five weeks, only to break my fast by eating a donut instead of a deeply nourishing meal. So I renewed <laughs> my social media break for another 30 days. After all, I was still writing my book and I could really benefit from an extension of such wonderful creative focus. Then March 1st came and I had the same experience. I got on and just felt the disappointment of not being as thrilling and edifying as I had imagined that it would be. And so I renewed my 30-day break again. <laughs> April 1st came and I did it again. At this point, I have adjusted to the knowledge that for me, my life 
is so much richer, more productive, creative, and content when I live with this boundary. Now, what's interesting is to hear about all the things that happened to the other people in the study. Cal Newport had more than 1,600 people sign up for this experiment. He even received attention in the New York Times that wrote an article about it. One of the most common observations that he has had so far in reading about all people's experiences was how people overhauled their free time in massively positive ways. There were amazing stories of other people who drafted a book, started reading books again. Another person resurrected her hobby of painting, and by the end of the experiment, she'd booked three new art shows. Another participant told about how he used the time to actually listen and focus on his family and how his marriage and relationships with his children improved significantly. Another person started exercising and lost weight. Another person replaced social media by setting up real life meetups with family and friends to connect over activities and food. I can totally add my own story as evidence of this trend as well. I wrote three fourths of my book manuscript, started composing music again. I sewed a quilt and I read six books in those 30 days. And none of that, none of that felt like a marathon. It was simply the consequence of more free time, but also the consequence of more confidence in myself and more clarity in my thoughts. I have practiced meditation now for almost three years, and my meditation practice saw more improvement since leaving social media than at any time previous in the last three years. I have removed the trigger of constantly checking in So now my mind has the ability to stay calmer and more quiet. Now, (laughs) my intent for this episode, believe it or not, was not actually to convince you to quit social media. (laughs) I really do believe in moderation. I even created a great online course a few years ago called Digital Detox, and it's all about moderation. It's all about finding a supportive, balanced experience with social media in your life. I believe there are many people doing great work and great good on social media. I believe there are many people who use it as a tool to connect in healthy ways with other people. For me personally, I have seen the difference in my life when I take massive breaks compared to moderate usage of maybe checking in once or twice a day. The difference is so drastic for me And with so much evidence of my life being better without it, that I'm choosing to keep those really big boundaries. The most important message that I hope you receive from me in sharing my story is the power in quitting something in your life that doesn't support you living in your true identity. Sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that we really need those influences that bring us down and make us feel less than enough. Perhaps we do even get that shot of dopamine that fuels this belief to come back again and again. Yet, when you resolve to actually completely remove the negative influence, you have the opportunity to finally see what your life can be like without it. Just like a garden, it felt like I removed a big weed And suddenly there was space for more beautiful things to grow in my life. Knowing the difference, it feels 
absurd <laughs> to let the weed take over all the growth and harvest that I've experienced since clearing it away. Is there something in your life that is a weed? That is a negative influence that causes you to live in your false identity, that causes you to have thoughts of not being enough, that causes you to waste your time to carry any level of depression or sadness and prevent you from living your life's purpose. Could you quit for 31 days? Just 31. I'm not asking you to quit forever. Just consider 31 days. Just enough time to truly see what life can be like without it. Perhaps this is social media for you. Maybe it's watching Netflix. Maybe it's soda or caffeine. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's a relationship that is toxic. There is great power in quitting the right things. Imagine your life free from this negativity and look forward with faith. You can find show notes for this episode on my website, brooksnow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend and leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and for your support.